everyone and welcome back to Bandora's Palace, a tokusatsu podcast home to monsters in rubber suits, heroes in full body spandex, and giant robots made of other smaller giant robots. I'm Steven. And I'm Pat. And we will be your guides into the campy and awesome world of tokusatsu. Today, we are once again disappointing Mr. Kaplan in episode 7 of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. Kaplan. Uh, now, today's episode is Big Sisters. It was written by Gary Glassberg and Shooky Levy. Shooky, you might remember being the co-writer of episode 1, and we haven't heard from him since, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, it's also directed by Jeff Rayner, who is the guy who directed Different Drum, and I'm not sure if that's a positive correlation or not. I liked that episode. I, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> this episode originally aired on September 30th, 1993. Now, Pat, buddy, I'm going to stop asking you if you remember these, like, filler episodes of Mighty Morphin, like episodes that are not massive story pillars because it has become abundantly clear over the last month that no, you in fact do not. Uh, but with that out of the way, do you have any thoughts before we watch this episode? Well, you would be right on most of that. Um, in, in my research for this episode, I did find something that I actually completely remembered and knew about, but we'll get into that within the episode itself. Let's uh let's just say it's rad. <laughs> oh yeah. Um from the title, I would intuit that this is like another Kimberly and Trini spotlight episode, which again is not a bad thing. Like Kimberly getting the stage is generally just good because she can act, which is not a guarantee among actors on Power Rangers to this very day. <laughs> but we've also like we haven't gotten a single Zack spotlight episode yet, or really a Billy one either. Uh, like maybe we could ease up off the girls a little bit, guys. Maybe, maybe that's why some of the air order also gets a little wonky is because they're just like, Hey, maybe let's not do five Kimberly episodes in a row. But yeah, I'm sure it'll still be good regardless, but like, let's, let's share the stage a little bit more, huh guys? Now, as always, today's episode and the entirety of the back catalog of Power Rangers is available streaming on everyone's favorite streaming platform that isn't owned by the mouse, Netflix. Netflix, they're your only option that is not owned by Disney. Is Hulu owned by Disney now? Hulu is owned by Disney. Did you not know that? I don't pay attention to who owns who a whole lot these days hulu was a fox platform when disney bought fox ah. yeah yeah which is why like when hamilton came out on disney plus like there were commercials on hulu for hamilton on disney plus because disney just owns all of it that's fair <laughs> Uh, you, I, for one, welcome our new mouse overlords as we go ahead and jump into today's episode big sisters 
You don't think she's in some kind of trouble, do you? Oh, ladies, take it easy. There's no need to fear. Detective Zack is here. <laughs> Besides, how much trouble could a little girl cause? <laughs> start the day. Who'd do a thing like that anyway? All right, so we open on on this episode on the juice bar as we so frequently do, and while we're still like on that external establishing shot, we we hear Kimberly asking Ernie if she if he's seen a little girl with long black pigtails, and as we cut inside, like you would expect us to cut inside to Kimberly, but no. No, we did not. We cut inside to Zach and Jason having themselves like a a hot and dirty little spar, a a vicious little karate fight. And we find out that Ernie has not seen this little girl, but I barely heard him because you guys, this must be a butcher shop because there is some grade A quality meat on display in this opening scene. So as always, we have to take a moment to appreciate Jason's sense of fashion. Uh, he, he is, as always, dressed as Jason dresses in a red tank top and with pants that are black and red vertical striped, which is just wow. Zach, on the other hand, awakened feelings deep down inside that I did not know were there. He's just wearing black gym pants and nothing from the waist up, and he is pulling it off. Uh, we cut to him doing just some capoeira shit. He does a handstand, kicks at Jason's head, and then like does a backflip out of it and launches into a spinning kick. It is absolutely radical, and Zach is extremely good, you guys. He found a chance to show off and took it, and I, for one, am very happy that he did. Very rarely is Jason upstaged in a fight scene by someone, but 1,000% here. Like, he might as well not be here, despite his clown pants. Uh, so we then see that, that Kimberly and Trini are here together, and they are looking for a little girl named Maria, whom Billy also has not seen. Uh, though Kim, like, seems to immediately lose interest in this missing small child, and just stops to take in the gun show that's on display here. Which, I mean, same. I feel you, Kim. <laughs> Absolutely. There's not a whole lot else you can do in that situation. Right? We do get a little bit more of this sparring session, and it, it's it's just very good from the top down. Like, they're both extremely good athletes and they're playing up to that and again like this isn't just like a mechanical martial arts display like they are like grinning and chuckling and fucking with each other and it's just it's very good they're just they're they're playing around making each other laugh and like when they're done like zach comes up and jason slaps him on the back like these are our friends engaging in a shared hobby in a way that I wouldn't have necessarily expected from this show. And I feel like we're actually seeing more of the actors than the characters here. Like, I don't think this is necessarily in the direction. I feel like this is just like young people with things in common put together. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely what it feels like. They're just hanging out having a, a, show off sparring session just to play around and have a good time yeah like jason like like launches a backhand and stops it like an inch from zach's face and laughs at him it's very good (laughs) (laughs) uh but they notice the girls kind of like 
tiptoeing, standing nervously above them, and they take a break to come find out what's going on. Um, so Jason asks them, like, hey, what's up? It looks like you guys lost something. And, and Kim clarifies they didn't lose something. They lost someone, uh, specifically a 12-year-old girl named Maria. And Trini proceeds to explain that her and Kimberly have signed up to be big sisters for the day, which I'm pretty sure is not how, like, the Big Brothers Big Sisters program works. Like, if you're volunteering for just a day, I'm pretty sure they don't just hand you a child. <laughs> but it's... Nonetheless, I mean, it was the 90s. They might have maybe, uh, but they're worried because they're, they were supposed to meet this little girl an hour ago and they can't find her. Um, so Zach's like tries to be reassuring. He's like, yeah, I'm sure she's all right. She's not in trouble. And he's right. Kind of. She's not in trouble. She is trouble. So as Zach is talking about how this little girl could possibly be in trouble, what, what kind of trouble could a 12-year-old girl get into? All sorts. We see a small hand creeping up to a utility cabinet door that is marked hot water shut off. And she opens it and turns the valve. And as Zach is, is actually asking the sentence, how much trouble can a little girl cause? We see a bunch of dudes in towels come howling out of the locker room as the now visible Maria cackles. I mean, at least they found the time to get their towels before they ran out of the locker room. <laughs> this would be a very different show if they just booked out Dong swinging in the wind, right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, this, this would be the European version of Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> but the Rangers all laugh, and, and Jason quips, like, talk about a bad way to start the day. Who'd do a thing like that? And... The smiles slip from Trini and Kimberly because they can now see behind these almost naked men exactly who did a thing like that. Maria is looking directly at them, hand still on the valve, shit-eating grin, and just like raising her eyebrows like she's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> and in unison, they just go, Maria! <laughs> And at that, we cut to Bandora's palace on the moon. And Rita is very mad about the do-gooding teenagers. For seemingly no reason, she doesn't, for once, she doesn't reference anything they're actually doing. Or is going on, she's just like, damn those teenagers! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's understandable. I guess. She hates them. They've thwarted her. They have thwarted her. This is true. Uh, but she has a eureka moment and she goes, I have an idea. And she runs off hollering for Goldar and Finster. And we go right back to the juice bar. Like there was a commercial break in the cut, but it was still an extremely pointless Rita cut. It's just like, remember Rita? She's still mad. Back to the show. Nothing there. <laughs> yep. But we come back on this little girl and she is just yummying down on one of the proverbial fruit shakes for the Zack man. Uh, she is just going to town on this milkshake. I don't know how she managed to get her hands on a milkshake in the time we were watching Rita be mad, but she did. Uh, and Trini and Kim walk up and they, they just start momming out on her. They're just, you know, we're not mad at you, but why did you do it? And this little girl has to be a manipulative little shit because I don't know if you've known many 12-year-olds in your life, Patrick. I've known several 12-year-olds. The answer that Maria gives is, I just wanted to get your attention, that's all. And, like, that might be true. Like, that might be her true inner soul's motivation. That's not something any child would ever say. <laughs> <laughs> ever. 
ever. It would either be because it's funny or because fuck you or like any number of things other than just, well, I'm an emotionally disturbed youth and I need attention of an authority figure I respect. And so I'm acting out. They don't kids don't do that. I, I've never seen a kid do that, like, regardless of age. <laughs> also, this dialogue is dubbed as hell, and it's badly dubbed. It's It sounds bad, it is not the voice of a child, and it doesn't even try to match her lips. <laughs> like, the actress who does the voice of Rita Repulsa does a better job of making it look like it kind of matches Bandora's mouth than, than whoever this is matches Maria. Well, sure, but, like... Maria looks like she could speak with that voice. I, I feel like Maria's like a mid-20-year-old that they just kind of <laughs> cut down at the knees. I disagree. I don't think this voice looks like it's coming out of her literally at all. But, I mean, different strokes. Uh, um, not coming out of her, but it, it could. Like, it, I can see the voice matching the face, but not the lips. Do you, know, you, you understand what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and, and also, like, I know that kids are notoriously difficult to work with as, as far as audio is concerned, and I can see how they maybe just went, like, fuck it. It's easier just to, to re-record all her lines than it is to try to get, like, good takes out of her on set. Like, it's not, it is not the worst thing, but it is incredibly distracting every time this girl talks, and you can directly see her face. <laughs> yeah. So Kimberly tells her to just be herself and, and they'll be your, they'll be her friends no matter what she does, which is maybe the wrong thing to tell this particular little girl. Yeah, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta have consequences. A little bit. Um, so Trini suggests a picnic as the little girl just smiles evilly into her milkshake, which again, like, Spoilers, this is not something that pays off at all. <laughs> but it seems at this point real hard, like they are setting up a this little girl's going to start some shit storyline. But we do cut back to the moon. And this, I think, is the point where the episode goes entirely off into fuck shit canyon. It's, it's off the rails already. <laughs> and, and I understand that it's off the rails to match this Sentai footage. And boy, I cannot wait to watch this episode of Z Ranger, oh, you guys. I'm so excited. Like, I don't know about it. I don't know if excited is the right word, but like, I need it. I need to know what all of this is actually supposed to be. Please. But Rita tells us that she has discovered the Power Eggs and they'll beat the Power Rangers because power! And, <laughs> like... <laughs> okay. We, we get no explanation of what the Power Eggs actually are, how they function, what they will do to defeat the Power Rangers. We don't get any of that ever in this episode. <laughs> but everyone just takes it for granted and all of Rita's monster minions are just applauding uproariously as though Rita has just done the most astounding thing of all time. And as Rita laughs, we cut down into some mysterious cave that's lit by torches and Rita and her monster crew teleport into the central chamber, which has a chest, which apparently holds these power eggs. Did you see the cherubs outside? I, I saw statues. I didn't I didn't quite catch what they were. Yeah, they were like little cherub angel things outside. And it's like, that doesn't fit here. <laughs> so Squat wants to eat the eggs and Babu calls him an idiot. And Goldar at this point still does not sound like Goldar. I don't even remember what he said. I just remembered going, mm, you're still, mm, <laughs> you're, not still a fan. you're still bizarro Goldar. No, no likey. Uh, and Rita just yells at him all to shut up and open the chest. 
So Squat touches the chest and is immediately blown the fuck back by lasers from everywhere. <laughs> and Rita goes, oh, I forgot. Only a child can open this box. So now we can see the through line of the episode. And it is an awful, awful child. <laughs> yes. Although, could could Squat be mistaken for a child? I mean... Could, m- mentally a child? Maybe, I suppose. I I don't know. Squad is, Squad is a weird dude, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, we cut back to the moon, and Rita is, is immediately back, and is now just hollering for Fenster and demanding that he make her a monster capable of kidnapping her up a child. And Rita, and I quote, says, make him ruthless and nasty and mean. You know, I want a chunky chicken. Excuse me, Rita? <laughs> I don't know if Rita has ever seen a chicken before in her life, but what the fuck does she think makes a chicken monster uniquely suited to fucking <laughs> child kidnapping? A pair of shears, as we'll find out. <laughs> so Finster is apparently much more mentally resilient than I am because he doesn't even blink. He just goes, of course, I have one ready to go. The most horrifying chicken the world has ever seen. And we get that good shot of chunky chicken still made out of clay. And he goes into the monstermatic and he comes out. And he's, well, he's a big chicken with big scissors. Sure. Um, I'm willing to bet that this is going to be Dora Cockatrice when we get it in the, the Sentai. Uh, because it definitely looks something like Cockatrices are normally uh, portrayed. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's just going to be Dora Cock. Oh, yeah. yeah to, us, <laughs> to us, if no one else. Yes, you are correct. Uh, <laughs> uh, but Rita is thoroughly impressed. He's disgusting. He's perfect. The Power Rangers are goners. And she sticks her tongue out at the camera because she's 12. And I'm really impressed with that shot because, again, that is Sentai footage. So Bandora straight sticks her tongue out at the camera. <laughs> yep. No, that that's a thing that happens. Uh, we cut down to the park where the girls are having their picnic with Maria, uh, who is still very poorly dubbed. And she tells them, thanks for being my friends, guys. My dad tries real hard, but there's things that he just doesn't understand. Know what I mean? Which, again, is not something any child would ever say ever. (laughs) Not even once. And Trini and Kim are trying to do, like, the whole big sister thing. Being like, whenever you need to talk, we're here. We'll listen. And then Kim just cuts through all the bullshit. And she's just like, all right, kid. Spill the tea. Which of these little shit boys in your little shit class are hot? Like, tell me, tell me about the hot little boys for some reason. She's trying to connect. <laughs> I guess. But Maria is just or like. she's cradle robbing. Maria is just like, ew, boys, which is objectively the correct response to that. Because boys are, in fact, super gross. Uh, and Trini Absolutely. and Kim laugh because, haha, she's just a kid and doesn't want to take the midnight train to Bone Town yet. But then, before we can linger on this incredibly awkward scene any longer putties just attacking this picnic and these putties are being fucking weirdos (laughs) like they are writhing on the ground gyrating suggestively it's a whole goddamn thing and maria is just like not concerned at all she's just like what is up with the weird guys in the spandex you guys but of course, Trini and Kim recognize them and immediately like fall into, oh no, combat mode. And they surround Maria and just aggressively kick the shit out of every single putty. And I mean that literally. There is not a single punch thrown in this entire fight. It is all 
It is all kicking putties in the groins and chests and faces. There's one. I I swear Trini, like, karate chopped one of them. Maybe. Almost exclusively kicks. Uh, And and Kim is getting more and more aggressive, uh, like, until she finally decides to do, like, backflips halfway across the park, boy style, uh, to, to kick a putty in the face. And we can see in the background that because Kim was a dumb shit and left Maria alone to go fight this putty, she's now getting snatched. Damn it, Kim. Two of the putties get her by the arms, and Trini, who is the responsible one who is still nearby, tries to interfere, but a putty gets her around the waist, and the putties manage to get enough, like, separation to teleport away with Maria. And at this point, Chunky Chicken is seeming like a big fucking waste, because the putties kidnapped the kid, all by themselves, just fucking fine. What did we need a chicken for? Why did he need to be a child kidnapping expert? Look, we needed to show that the putties can actually be competent at something. I guess. (laughs) I still think that this sheds more of a negative light on Kim than it does a positive light on any putties, but... Maybe we should turn Kim into the Yellow Ranger, with all the backflipping. But but the Yellow Ranger is real good at fighty stuff. Ah, that's true. But Flippy. But Flippy. Flippy Flippy is true. Flippy is good. Uh, So Kim and Trini are worried, as they honestly should be, and we cut up to the moon where Rita's just like, good, they got the kid to the cave, the kid will open the box, we get the eggs, first you get the eggs, then you get the money, then you get the girls. And (laughs) Goldar starts talking, and guys, it is a goddamn Christmas miracle. Somehow in the same episode, it's Goldar. It's him. Our boy is finally here. Moving. I thought he sounded more tolerable in the second yes! half. Yes. Just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's the real Goldar. Uh, and he's just like, I'll personally escort the eggs and these two idiots will help. And of course, these two idiots is Squat and Babu. And they all squabble with each other. And Rita tells him to shut up and get her eggs. And we cut down to the juice bar. And guys, Billy, Zach and Jason are at the bar. And Zach is about to yummy down on the Ernie special, which is an unholy amalgamation. (laughs) It is a a bowl the size of two punch bowls fused together, just full of banana split. It's just like 20 bananas and ice cream and syrups and whipped cream for fucking days. And... I thought this was a place of fitness, Ernie. I mean, obviously <laughs> not for you, but this shit is on your menu? Your customers No, are- it's the secret menu. It's the Ernie special. Like, your customers are kids doing karate and gymnastics, Ernie. Who is this diabetes bomb for? Bulk. Well, it's for Zach, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Jason is just like, you, you both- You can't eat that. You both cannot and should not eat this. <laughs> Man, I I looked at that and I felt sick yeah, just looking at Zach it. Zach just grabs a spoon and just tucks in to this Frankensteinian monstrosity, just takes the, the one-way train to Yummy Town, and the girls rush in in a panic. Thankfully, thank God someone stopped this man from the horrible mistake he was about to make. <laughs> the train got derailed abruptly. <laughs> but they tell the guys that Rita kidnapped Maria, and they're just like, well, what does Rita want with a kid? And so Jason, for some reason, is a smart one, even though Billy's here, and is just like, hey, we should call Zordon. And he hits the button on his communicator, but he gets the beep-doop, beep-doop. Communicators aren't working. Fully supporting your theory that Ernie knows that yeah. these five are the Power Rangers. <laughs> they're just 
just sitting right at the bar. Ernie just gave them ice cream, and Jason's just like, let's call our fucking floating head space mentor. <laughs> he knows. He has to know. Yeah, he, ha- he fucking has to. Ernie is many things. He is not that dumb. Uh, but but Kim quips that this is really turning out to be more than a bad hair day. And, and Zach's unhelpfully just like, well, we got to get to the command center. And Jason's like, but hey, I need my ice cream. <laughs> Jason's like, hey, we use our communicators to teleport. Communicators aren't working. Genius. Like one plus one equals two here. But guys, guys, Billy has got the answer back in his science garage. Yes, he does. So we cut to Billy's house and his newest. And probably greatest invention, the rad bug. The rad bug. Patrick, my friend, why don't you do us the honors of describing for our audience the rad bug? The rad bug. One of the few things I remember about the early seasons of Power Ranger, the the first season, is a like a 1970 something, maybe 80 something Volkswagen Beetle. It's like primer gray and has this monstrosity of a tube system coming out the back and attached to the top. And it's it goes zero to three thousand in two point six. It is capable of transporting them to any destination on the planet's surface. And again, that is zero to 3,000 in two point, I think he said eight, but 2.8, 2.6 seconds. But for scale, the fastest jet speed on record is Mach 3.5, which is about 2,650 miles per hour. The Rad Bug is faster than a fucking F-16 and breaks the speed of sound, you guys. And they can use it with no special equipment. So they all climb in. Jason's monstrously large frame getting into the back of this beetle, which is wild to me. Look, the trainee's sitting on his lap. Yeah, that's probably why. Billy's driving and he calls for seatbelts because he's a fucking nerd. And, and we get very clearly Japanese exterior shots of this very strange car flying through the air. And like, yes, of course, this is a Sentai relic. Why would they come up with this thing if it did not exist in the Sentai footage? I really want to know what the rad bug is. I need to <laughs> know what Ranger. the rad bug is. I need it. I, I, I need to know so bad. <laughs> but finally, Billy pilots the rad bug down like the weird central chimney of the command center where Alpha is just minding his business. And suddenly there's a car parking directly inside his command center. <laughs> and he just looks back and is like, What's an old car doing here? Alpha says, Power Rangers, how did you get here? And it's like, how do you think they fucking got here, You just here, watched Alpha? them come out of an old car. <laughs> <laughs> and Zordon's just like, be quiet, Alpha. The grownups are talking. <laughs> <laughs> so the Rangers catch Zordon up on Rita stealing Maria. And they ask him what what's going on. And Zordon says, something I've been fearing for over 10 millennia. So longer than Rita has been trapped. And Alpha just immediately chimes in, oh, no, Rita's found the power eggs. And Zach's like, power eggs? And I'm with Zach. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I immediately was like, good question, Zach. 
What are those? So we watch, we observe the viewing globe, and we are told in a massive exposition dump from Zordon that millions of years ago, ancient sorcerers called the Morphing Masters hit a universe of power within two eggs. And this is interesting because I haven't read any of the recent comic storylines, uh, but I I, I've picked up bits and pieces, right? Like I've picked up bits in people talking about them. Um, I've, mm-hmm. I've read a couple of like wiki synopsises out of curiosity, things like that. So I am familiar in concept with the Omega Rangers and the fact that yes. they were like recruited by the Blue Morphin Master, which is like this primal, almost elemental of blue morphin grid energy that like embodies all the different blue rangers that have ever been or ever will be uh, mm-hmm. which is wild just in general which is wild it's bananas and one of the morphing masters is actually a very very large part of the preceding arc uh beyond the grid and it's it's fucking wild I didn't realize that that was a deep cut to the episode that gave us the fucking rad bug. That's wild. <laughs> I did. I I had no idea, and I'm like, really, really? They <laughs> capitalized on this one little throwaway line to that degree. I mean, what else are you Damn. gonna do with fucking Power Rangers, right? Uh, that was that was a deep grab, and they pulled they pulled some magic out of that. <laughs> but yeah, so, so Zordon tells us that the Morphin Masters hit a universe of power within two eggs, and that by casting the eggs into the sea, the sorcerers believed their ancestors would watch over the eggs and protect them from universal danger, which seems real fucking dumb for Morphin Masters, but okay. Right? <laughs> Let me just throw this universe into the ocean. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, but to keep the chest out of the hands of assholes like Rita, they made it to where only innocent children can touch it. Which, like, that that's the whole, like, hinge of this episode, right? Rita needs an innocent child to open the chest. Have they met Maria? Right? I said the same thing. I, I, can, I can think of a number of adjectives. Innocent is not one that jumps immediately to mind. She spent the first five, like the first two minutes of the episode trying to get a bunch of boys to come out of their locker room. Trying to see some dicks. Yeah. Yeah. This kid ain't innocent. Jason, like quite practically, is just like, what are we supposed to do about this? (laughs) And Zordon clarifies, save the girl and throw the eggs back into the ocean. Because clearly that plan was so effective the first time. We got to do it. They weren't even in the ocean. They were in the cave. And and they were placed in that cave. It's not just like they washed up in a cave after a couple million no, years. No, there was a full, like, freaking ritual altar that they were on. It's fine. We we cut, <sighs> we cut to commercial, and when we come back at the cave, and Chunky Chicken is here, Maria has already opened the box, and the eggs are out. So, like, it's done, right? Like, we're fucked. Like, Rita has teleported into this cave before. The eggs are out of the box. Game over, man. But- right. Instead, Squat and Babu come in to pick up the eggs, and we cut we cut several times back and forth between these monsters in the cave and the rangers driving across the desert in the Radbug. Now, you might be thinking, Stephen, Pat, you just told us about the Radbug flying faster than the speed of sound. Why is it driving on the ground? Good question. Because it's better tactically. They won't see us coming, as if they could see you coming faster than the speed of sound. And because if, if Rita is looking for the rangers to come intercept them by car, the last place she's going to look is on the ground where cars drive. On a road. <laughs> and it's not like she doesn't have an all-seeing telescope. But 
Squat and Mabu come in to pick up the eggs, and Squat wants to eat them still and and so he's got his priorities straight babu closes the chest and snatches it away from him which is maybe a continuity issue that maybe it should be zapping the fuck out of them i thought they couldn't touch the chest but i guess maybe that's only until it's opened and then the magic leaks out i guess but it's still well, i don't know now it's closed again they need another child to open it i don't know man uh and, and but but babu and chunky chicken just they straight up run away from squat because squat a hunky hunky boy he gonna eat them eggs Gee. So we cut to the moon, Rita is gloating, and then down to Babu, who is leading the dummy parade with the egg chest. And Goldar spots the rad bug coming. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Surprise. They saw the car coming up the road. Driving on the ground is not the stealthiest place to bring a car. <sighs> so he tells Chunky Chicken to hide the kid and come back because there's probably going to be a fight. And we cut to the command center where Zordon is directing Alpha to, to watch Maria like a hawk and keep track of where the monsters move her so the rangers can focus on the eggs. And the Radbug finally pulls up to Goldar and company. And before the car even comes to a complete stop, Jason calls the morph. So we get the morphing sequence and then the Power Rangers are here in front of the car. And Jason says, release Maria and the Power Eggs. And Goldar says, no, because of course he does. <laughs> and... The rangers pull out their blaster sabers, like they're not their big weapons, but like their little like shooty guns. That turn side into, arms. Yeah. And they they do something I'm not sure if they ever do after this again. They certainly haven't done it yet, but they like make a human pyramid and do a group blast thing by like touching tips. And I certainly didn't remember this. I, I, didn't, I don't know that it ever happens again, but they basically just throw a Triforce at Goldar, which seems like a really effective, like, strategy. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I remember seeing this particular shot in the Sentai opening, but that's it. Yeah, and uh, it hits Goldar and also Squat and Babu, and Babu immediately drops the eggs into the ocean, which I did not know they were near. I couldn't have told you they were close. I knew they were in a in a canyon. Yeah. Um, Serena's big mad because her eggs are getting wet. Nobody wants soggy eggs. And <laughs> and now Chunky Chicken's back. So it is a big battle royale with Goldar and Chunky Chicken fighting the Rangers and Rita in the sky riding her penny farthing, her, her big <laughs> her old timey big wheel bicycle, trying to rescue her poor eggs. And then this is when this episode stops even trying to make sense. Because it doesn't even. We cut back to the command center and Zordon's like, Alpha, what is what is Maria's condition? And, and Alpha's like, Chunky Chicken has her tied up in a factory. So apparently Chunky Chicken just immediately dipped out. Or, or All of them. All of them just dipped. I guess just from that phrase, you could generously assume that Chunky Chicken took her to the factory, tied her up, and then came back to fight. But when we pull away to the viewing globe, first we see a close-up of Maria's face, and then we get a wide shot of an Asian girl in those clothes with black pigtails who is 100% nothing like Maria, uh, who, yep. who is tied up and dangling from a cord, with Chunky Chicken flying above her and all the rest of Rita and her monster crew on a nearby balcony overlooking. So all the monsters, in the time it took us to cut to the command center, have dipped to this location and left the rangers apparently with no idea where they went. Like, it hasn't even been a minute since y'all were fighting. They just, they were just like, nah, we out of here. Yeah. 
So Rita just starts yelling for the Power Rangers to bring back her eggs if they want Maria. Uh, Zordon tells Alpha to call the Rangers and tell them what's going on. And Jason is done fucking around. He straight calls for Zords, despite the distinct lack of a giant threat that would justify the use of, of like, Zord force. We need to come in power to save this <laughs> child. We are going straight to Megazord. Yeah, they jump into the Zords, they do their sign-off, they go Power Crystals, 2-1 Power Up, and go right into Megazord. And this must be the point in the season where Beast Tank Dino Tanker stops being a real thing, R.I.P. Beast Tank Dino Tanker, because they go directly to Man Mode Megazord. There is no fucking around in the middle. And we see... Again, Chunky Chicken, who is flying over the dangling Maria, and Rita, again, demands, give me the eggs, and I'll let her go. And and Jason agrees. He's just like, fine, fine, I'll get the eggs. Don't hurt the kid. Calm down. And Rita's immediately just like, cut the line, show him we're not joking. Which, your plan was working, Rita. He said okay. Like, even if he was bullshitting you, like, they're at least talking to you. They're not actively killing your monster in this moment. Like, assuming they weren't lying to you, you just won. Give them a bit of time to go find the fucking eggs. Yeah, like, they've got the big Megazord. They're the big ones this time. They can step on you, but they are agreeing to your demands. So Trini's just like, oh no, Maria. And then Rita's just like, do it again. And Chunky Chicken cuts the line and Maria falls. And the Megazord catches Maria. And Rita's just like, I fucking hate you guys and your big robot. And she <laughs> makes Chunky Chicken grow. So now, finally, there is a reason for this Megazord to be here. <laughs> yes. And Preemptive, Bi- but it's here. And Billy remotely calls the Radbug, which is apparently okay. capable of flying itself. Okay. Two seconds. After you see the Megazord catch Maria, right? There's the cut to you see up the Megazord, right? And the Megazord is holding Godhorn. I did not notice. Yeah, they definitely did not come to In fuck the around. Same if they hand just walked that had up, Maria. If they just walked up with Godhorn, they are not here to fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so Billy calls the Radbug, which is capable of flying itself. They put Maria in it, and Billy says it'll remote pilot her to safety. And as... Also here, Billy calls Jason by name, right? Mm Mm-hmm. At the same point and same volume that Jason talks to Maria. So it's very possible that Maria knows that Jason is the Red Ranger. (laughs) I I don't know that Maria actually ever met Jason. Like, we never saw her with any of them but Kimberly and Trini. So. Sure, but now she knows there's a guy named Jason in that Megazord. That's fair, I guess. But, like, how many dudes named Jason are in L.A.? How many of them were exclusively red? Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's like the Clark <laughs> Kent effect. Like, you gotta, you gotta take it for the universe that it's in, right? He's That's got, fair. He's got his glasses off. You can't recognize it. Um, <laughs> so Maria flies away in the rad bug. Chunky Chicken immediately drop kicks the shit out of the Megazord. It then Chunky Chicken is a dope monster, you guys. It uses its scissors to cut a hole in the fabric it's of scissors, reality. Its scissors are much smaller now, and they fit in one hand. They do, and they're like they are literally the dimensional scissors from fucking um, Star versus the Forces of Evil. Uh, which is uh, like a Disney cartoon show that's surprisingly decent. Uh, but like, yeah, like just cuts a hole in reality with these scissors, like comes out the other side of the Megazord and hits it in the back. It's very cool. 
never uses it again. We, I mean, we see almost nothing of this monster in this episode because immediately Megazord just punches it one time. Jason calls for, for Godhorn. We do the big lightning slash and this chicken is breaded and deep fried. It's all right, guys, we did it. And everybody says, Morphin! Because that's a thing they do this time. That was... Mm-mm. I did not like that. So we get our usual angry Rita shot of her pacing and yelling at everyone in her palace. And we're back to the weird Goldar voice. He went back to it. Not a fan. Not a fan of weird uh, Goldar. Damn it, Goldar. Uh, <laughs> Pick a voice. I feel like this episode was a weird transitional one in like a couple of different ways. And Goldar kind of exemplifies that. Uh, but Rita has her yeah. has a headache. She needs an aspirin. And we cut back down to the juice bar. And Ernie is at the bar. He is watching TV and he is surrounded by fucking babes because Ernie apparently fucks like that is between this and food fight. All I can assume is that Ernie is like chef from South Park and just gets all the girls. Uh, he's he's mm, swimming in the teenagers. No, these were grown ass women. I only looked at the front one. The front one looked like she was like 17. Nah, they had big 80s hair and shit. These were ladies. Uh, okay. <laughs> but they're sitting there and they're watching TV and we actually get what what might be a throwback here, but it might also be pure coincidence because it doesn't line up one to one because the newscaster is giving a report saying that the mayor gave an award to a group of kids who set up a recycling drive to keep trash out of landfills, which isn't exactly what Kim and Trini were doing in teamwork but it's it's kind of close like that might have been what they were aiming for or it might be entirely unrelated because power rangers never remembers what happened last episode who could tell <laughs> that's a fair point i was gonna try and make an argument for it but it's like mm, yeah they don't even know what happened like earlier this episode yes <laughs> <laughs> but we get a breaking report that once again, the Power Rangers have saved Angel Grove and the world as we pan over to Zack, who has his skateboard. I had gone on record saying I did not believe we would ever see Zack with a skateboard again. And it's time for me to eat some crow because he has his skateboard right now. Uh, and he's running up to Billy and Kim and Ernie shouts. He's just like, hey, Kim, get my chili. Because apparently he's too into the news or too into these girls to actually do his job. That tracks. That sounds about right. <laughs> and Ernie and his babes continue to watch this news report about the Power Rangers as they put Maria on TV and she gloats that after being saved by the Power Rangers, she's the most popular kid in class. So it doesn't seem like she learned a lot of great social lessons out of this. And at this point, we cut for the very first time this entire episode to Bulk and Skull. Skull is fiddling with a salt shaker. Bulk is sitting at a table with their, their female punker friend who still has no name, eating a bowl of ice cream. Right before Kimberly comes out, holding a massive bowl of chili over her head, which cannot <laughs> indicate anything good that this is when they chose to bring in Bulk and Skull. Nope, not gonna end well. But she's holding this massive bowl of chili all the way over her head, like like she's like a, a flag waver at like a, a NASCAR race. Like like she's doing that kind of like presenty posing with it, and it's weird considering it's chili, but fine. Um and Ernie just yells, Everybody come and get it, chili's on the house. This is only gonna end one way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kimberly gets rushed by people who want that good, good free chili. Uh, the crowd makes her drop the bowl and it lands directly onto Bulk, who is for once not being a jerk to anyone, sitting, minding his own business and eating his goddamn ice cream. 
Sitting there on his date, having his ice cream, <laughs> you know? Skull laughs, and Bulk just kind of looks at it like he's really seriously thinking about continuing to eat his chili ice cream. And that's the end of our episode. It cuts on that note. Uh, Kim Kim apologizes. Kim does apologize. She does say, oh, sorry, Bulk. Uh, but It I, was supposed to be on the house, not on you. Not on the Bulk, yes. Uh, but my big takeaway was the fact that he's definitely eyeballing it. Like, you know, I do like chili. <laughs> I mean, two good things can't be bad, right? Yes, yes, they can. <laughs> yeah, they can. All right, Pat, final thoughts, buddy. Uh, rad bug. Fuck yeah. Love the rad bug. Fuck yeah, Radbug. It is weird and dumb and silly, and that is season one Power Rangers to a T. Like, regardless of anything else, the Radbug is iconic for how weird and wacky it is, and I, I'm glad that we have it again. Th- this episode is extremely weird. <laughs> it's so weird, and, like, it just dis- it decides, like, a third of the way through just to forget its own continuity and just be like, ah, just roll with it. I feel like a big difference between some of these really weird season one episodes and some later episodes of Power Rangers is it feels like in this episode they had to bend over backwards to fit and use the Sentai footage because it seems like this was probably a really weird episode of Z Ranger 2. And that's probable. And so it made for a really weird episode of Power Rangers trying to use it all. And it feels like in some later seasons of Power Rangers, they would have just not used that Sentai footage and just like put more original footage in, but like, this is the very beginning of power Rangers and Heim Saban is making it for about $3 an episode. And he's not shooting a minute of more original footage than he has to. (laughs) Yeah. He had to get off the ground. Yep. 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 Um, and I also wonder if there's not something to the fact that this episode shares a director with different drum, which also had some very strange Sentai footage that it seems like it went out of its way to keep in. Um, so there might be something there. There might not. I'm not sure if we see this director again. I guess we'll see if that is a continuing trend. I need to look and see if the Morphing Masters actually make another appearance in Power Rangers at all. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Like, I feel like Ninjor in a couple of seasons probably mentions them offhand. But that might be me remembering the comics. So who knows? <laughs> Yeah, the the only mention of them outside of the Boom Studios multiverse is the Morphing Masters were a group of ancient sorcerers who set the Power Eggs chest out to see millions of years ago. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's all there oh. is. And then everything wow. else is in the Boom Studios multiverse. So That's insane. Oh, that that read the Boom Studios multiverse and you can see how you, best like a very good way of taking an offhand one-off thing and making it an integral part of a universe yeah that is that is wild something that was just literally an offhand line probably trying to just explain why these eggs are important and why they go in the water and we never see them again like i feel like that is literally like they were just like okay what backstory can we give these eggs to explain why they are in the chest and why that chest goes in the ocean done (laughs) yeah that mm. 
That's very good. It's a weird one, guys. Hopefully the next one is a little bit less weird. Uh, but that's going to be it for this particular episode. As always, we want to hear from you guys. Uh, you can send email to the show. Uh, you can send that to bandorapod at gmail.com. Or you can get at us on Twitter at bandorapod. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcatcher of choice. It really, really helps us out. I've been like really genuinely impressed. Like We're certainly not pulling gangbusters numbers yet. I, I didn't expect to in our weird dumb podcast about power rangers and super sentai uh, but we get like a few more downloads every day than we got yesterday and i'm always really touched when that happens so thank you guys for checking out the show and if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review it's going to help other people check out the show we appreciate that as well uh, now if you are of a mind to you can follow me personally on twitter at bbr jolly and you can follow me at poker ranger pat on twitter and on twitch and we will be back on Thursday this week with another more phenomenal good time for episode eight, I, I Guy, which is a mouthful and I'm going to get sick of saying it very quickly. I'm glad you're the one saying it and not me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for today, guys. As always, I have been Steven. And I'm Pat. And we have to go because we have a headache.